0: Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with Junior Technician of Just Desserts, Chris Prunty, as well as our continued special guest, Daniel Quinn. Gentlemen, good to have you uh, remotely distance from one another. I miss you. I miss your sweet faces, honestly. Um, <laughs> but in today's so very. S- I know, it really has been. <sighs> Anyway, in today's very special episode, we're actually doing the first of our new format of the show, which which is all about taking suggestions from you, our listeners, and running with short bursts of world building with prompts from you guys. And today's today's world building prompt comes from longtime friend and listener of the show, uh, Detlef. He says, Hi, guys. I wanted to let you know that I think Daniel is a fantastic addition to the group. The back and forth between Rob and Chris is great, but their ideas could be very similar at times. Daniel brings a nice perspective that Rob and Chris each bounce off each other in different ways and elevates the show to a new level. The only problem is the irrational hate of Pacific Rim. If Daniel doesn't like Mad Max Fury Road either, you might want to consider looking for a replacement. But anyway, I wanted to give you guys a suggestion based purely on a name. Uh, I know that you guys started out as the land of a thousand gods, but I was thinking of a cyberpunk realm called the land of a thousand mods. Keep spinning those worlds. Detlef. All right. Uh, And uh, as soon as I read land of a thousand mods, I couldn't help but grin like a dumb idiot because I thought that idea was really, really cute and funny. And uh, so, yeah, that is our first viewer based uh, world building session is, Going to be the land of a thousand mods. We're doing cyberpunk, gentlemen. How do you feel about that?
1: Twenty twenty-seven.
2: I love uh, cyberpunk and sci-fi, especially.
0: Oh yeah, Daniel. Uh, I I also kind of picked this one because I specifically thought of you because I know you love sci-fi. I know you come from a sci-fi background, and because you missed out on the first couple of episodes of our last series, the Land of a Thousand Gods, I just I just thought that you in particular would really appreciate this new one and thus i want to give you control for the most part over what we do today but first before we do that i want to kind of break down how we're going to do this uh we have this topic which is the land of a thousand mods which is a cyberpunk setting that we're going to sit here and design with you and together and each of us have come to the session today with three true things about this world that we're going to add and then we have to basically create a universe that makes sense and is cohesive and is vaguely interesting based on our collaborative session and like i said before daniel because you missed out you get to go first and basically take the reins on this one
2: so then first i add emperor palpatine to the setup (laughs) of course not Uh, uh Uh no um so yeah so i guess one thing i would i would comment on um with regard to cyberpunk in general Um, so like the cyberpunk, we, we know that's super popular, um, in media that's coming out like in movies today is like the cyberpunk of like the sixties or the seventies. Um, and then also the eighties, but like, there's really crazy stuff happening like in writing right now that is really considered like post cyberpunk. So one thing I want us to keep in mind is like, we should be thinking about, um, cyberpunk as in. What does it, what would it look like, or what would it be like to live in a future where um, the stuff that's or that was conceived of in cyberpunk is already the case, and now you kind of have to survive in it? So that's what post cyberpunk is. I feel like that's what's being produced right now, like in writing. So that's the one that's the one caveat I'd say like on the global scale, we should think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a there's a great example of something like that called um, Moxieland by Lauren Bukes which I am currently reading right now. And it is essentially that where it's like, yeah, it's already the future yeah. and we're kind of dealing with all the, It's it's it feels far more grounded, you know, whereas the 80s cyberpunk kind of that, um, you know, that Neuromancer era yeah. feels so futuristic. Whereas the cyberpunk that's coming out now is like, hey, yeah, we get that vision of the future, it's way worse than you think. <laughs>
2: exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Cool. And I actually think that, um, uh, what's, what's his name? The guy who wrote Neuromancer. Uh, William Gibson. Thank you. I actually think that William Gibson recently spoke out and, and talked about like, uh, you know, like, oh, the cyberpunk that we wrote about in the 80s is now considered future retroism. Yes. And <laughs> except all of the bad things that happened are now true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, 2020. That's what that's called. We are in the we in cyberpunk right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, actually, you want me to come up with my first um, idea? Yeah. Why
0: don't you go ahead and start us off? Give us the first thing about the setting that is demonstrably and unbelievably true.
2: Okay. So, when I thought about the statements here, I was I was thinking more like metaphorically, so we can flesh everything in how we want. But um, one thing I was thinking is that truth is hyper local now so by that i mean like um when you think of like people living in their little social media bubbles or their little political spheres maybe that's like literally true in this cyberpunk reality so like no one knows the truth of what's going on in the world individually outside of their little bubble and they only know what's going on local to them
0: see that's that's really interesting because one of the things that i had was privacy is not is now something that you pay for it is in oh, essence a new commodity love it uh, and that's and that's based entirely on a lot of the stuff that's going on now with like big data and yeah. data acquisition and stuff like that i wanted to take that aspect of the real world and kind of you know like as as gibson said just just the worst parts are true and that part is absolutely true so i i have this yeah. idea that like the wealthy and the elite are the only ones who basically imagine that there is some way to constantly check in on someone all Mm -hmm. the time. And so privacy is something that you have to pay for. So if you want private time, you now have to pay for it. And thus, it's the only way that you or the only way that you can get it is through payment. And it's super cool. Yeah. And I think that kind of works with yours. You know, when you talk about like, knowledge being local or like the, your, your idea of like a hyper specific, you know, kind of social bubble. I think that works pretty well.
2: Yeah. And, and in fact, I bet the people who like have the privacy because I've got so much money, they might have sn- snippets of like global truth, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think that's probably, I, I don't know how, universal that is necessarily it feels like when you talk about like hyper bubbles and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it may be something that is more akin to like a cast or or a matter of like you know how we you know like how we have very hyper specific um interests and hobbies and you know like i know who you know like sport you like i'm a big football fan so i can tell you a lot about like oh that's jj watt that's tom brady etc Whereas, you know, like, and I can tell you, and I can kind of break down some things about the game. Whereas, you know, Chris, I know probably before, before, you know, if you had met Chris a couple of years ago, he literally could not name 10 sports teams out of all of the sports.
2: Oh, my God. Did I play that game with you guys? I think I kind of did I pass? I don't remember.
0: You you did better than, than everyone expected. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> put it that way. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. So so I think in regards to that, right, I think that that that's kind of how information could be, you know, where it's like the type of information that you have is so hyper specialized now Mm -hmm. that it's a matter of like, yes, everyone has access to all the information, but most people seek out these bubbles instead, because otherwise it might be a little bit too much, you know? Well, and it's
1: contradictory
2: too. like say one person thinks that in China right now um, there's like a mass pandemic, but then one other group thinks, Oh, China's just fine. Like,
0: and there's no way to
2: reconcile the two. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And and, I mean, there, there's so, there's so much going on.
1: It's all about finding your truth. Yes.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, But, but it's also a matter of, you know, a curated truth, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, right? Like just, just like as, as we have now where you can choose to, I mean, I have Facebook friends who are true QAnon believers and you know, like they seek out the type of truth and they create their own reality mm-hmm. by, you know, and, and it's a matter of, and I've tried to talk to some of these people who have this inclination towards, in, inclination towards conspiracy. But even if I introduce like a general question or something like that, oh, it is met. Oh, <laughs> it, it's not even an enemy. It's so much as a.
1: Asking the right questions, man. <laughs>
0: right. Or it's like, Hey, you know, like, Oh, you're, you know, like you're not asking the right questions or I should, I suggest you do the research as though they're re- So, so for example, that same friend will cite news media, When, when it is, when it is appropriate for them, when it fits their narrative and then, uh, yeah, exactly. And then when they, and then when I bring up something from a very similar or the same news outlet Mm -hmm. as a source, they'll be like, oh, well, (laughs) that's just propaganda. (laughs) Even though not last week, they used the same exact source, you know? So it's a matter of picking and choosing where they deem the narrative to be necessary, So with that in mind, how do how do people do that in a hyper technological age with this cyberpunk world that we've got going on here?
2: Um, I think part at least the hyper local part of truth, I think part of that would require them to be isolated in some way. The groups of people. So whether that means isolation physically or it means isolation from information.
0: Oh, okay. because that's a very important uh, kind of theme in cyberpunk in general is the idea of information being more important than let's say money for example. Yeah. So so let let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about information. How is how is information cordoned off behind a paywall now? Mm-hmm. I
2: mean what would be cool is you know how we have like um kind of going full circle with uh streaming services. We originally had like a cable network that offered up offerings then we decided, oh, we want to splinter that into individual services. Now we have a billion individual services, and they're they could be subsumed again. So, like, you know, what happens when you start ending up with things being desperate like that? So, there's no like single body for information, like an in, a single internet.
0: The the uh, idea of of like a million streaming services so hyper specific, where it's like you now have to pay for a specific service, not just for you know, like this particular type of show that you watch. I'm thinking of Crunchyroll because I'm the big anime weeb. But like, <laughs> imagine where it's like, okay, it's not just this specific type of genre. It's now this specific show, this specific, you know, like subset of a subset. And now maybe when you talk about hyper-specific knowledge and stuff like that, Everything has been, you know, cornered up behind a streaming service that you have to pay for. And people just don't don't have the money to do all of it. So it's like, mm-hmm. ah, you have to buy it. You, you literally have to buy in to what type of information you're willing to pay for. Yes. So that's pretty fucking sinister.
1: Uh, I also, it reminds me of TransMet. Where uh, there were just so many news outlets, so many private uh, news outlets, like one guy just posting about this thing, and it's all about how much traction or if it goes viral
0: that's uh, you're talking about transmetropolitan, right? Correct uh, yeah. ok. so transmetropolitan is an excellent, excellent uh, graphic novel series by Harlan Ellis, and it is definitely uh, I'm. As, as you probably heard from before, I'm not a huge sci-fi person, but man, that series is so good. Yeah, and Chris, that's a great reference, and that's a great point as well, uh, for sure. And, and, then, and speaking of – oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I so saying that also ties like – back. you said about the idea of it has to gain traction. So it kind of ties back into like virality of information and its popularity is what, what pushes it forward rather than its actual truth value.
0: Yeah and and I can imagine like a piece of breaking news mm-hmm. like being sold off and you can only get it from this specific person. Oh and yeah. You're, you're essentially asking for the rights of news now, right? Like I have copyright claim over this particular piece of news if you don't pay me over the facts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly where where now facts can now be, you know, commodified as well.
2: The paparazzi of newscasters.
0: <laughs> oh, that's horrifying and amazing, and I fucking love it, Daniel. <laughs> oh, man. And, and Chris, uh, you haven't given us a uh, a topic yet, so what is one thing in the world that is true?
1: Ooh, which one do I want to go with first? Actually, as a segue to your insular worlds, uh, I'm not sure if anyone's read Diamond Age.
0: <laughs> no, what is that?
1: So <laughs> uh, Diamond Age is... a. Uh, a sci-fi book uh, that was that i personally loved i forget the name of the author uh, we can see it. Then. thank you uh but one of the things that i liked that it brought into was uh clans for whatever reason came back there were like the neo-victorians there were the uh other people like in order to survive in the new world people came together more than just nations or anything but there would be like uh little italy would not be a place it would also be the clan you come from little italy this region in this nation and you have each other's backs and it's kind of like uh fraternal organizations that would form like that or uh, not fraternal but kind of like a uh, literal guilds or clans of people that have common goals that would uh rise up in this kind of world that they were like the underbelly underneath the corporations
0: so it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of mine as well is there are no such thing as countries anymore. And (laughs) I like the idea that we've gone from, you know, a sort of nationalism to kind of a clan to kind of this Neo because, because I had a similar idea, right. Where, you know, nations fall and there are, there, there are corporations left and then the corporations kind of fall into infighting and subsume one another. And thus you have these kind of pseudo aristocracies where it's the wealthy, which are, I would imagine, kind of being the clans, you know, where it's like, hey, I come from Little Italy, a.k.a. you know, like Dijonor's Pizza Inc. yes. I love
2: that.
1: Jennifer Government kind of thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, what was that?
1: Jennifer Government kind of thing, if you've ever read that book, I think is...
2: But Everyone's branded, like they're kind of, their names themselves are part of corporations.
0: Yeah, I I had do do we want to incorporate corporate brand names into clan identity though I think
2: so I think that would be really cool
0: but maybe not just
2: corporate corporate entities but like to to Chris's point it could be a corporate entity but it could be like some like reddit group for example or it could be like a club
1: (laughs) Uh, not even that you can also do it just like this is a family company
0: yeah and there's no and there's like vaguely barely a, a, a family anymore or vaguely barely even a company anymore it's like what do we yeah. sell again like you know, maybe like it's like again?
2: coca-cola slash you know such and such as last name slash you know this yahoo
1: page <laughs> right nabisco yeah. walt yes yes uh
0: it's it, i i also like the idea there's an old 30 rock joke that's pretty consistent where it's like you know, everything is a parent corporation and everything is like a shell company essentially yes. towards like, I think, what is it? Like um, what, what it's, it's the wig company that owns like NBC.
1: Everything. It owns owns, it. Yeah. It owns like
0: everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. No, you see they own Exxon Mobil, which in return owns this.
2: Yeah. And that goes, that cuts back into privacy and the, the kind of like the fracturing of truth, because we don't even know how the ownership chain is structured. And, and that information is protected except by the super wealthy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, And maybe it's kind of clan based where it's a matter of you get, you know, the clan news, which is basically corporate news to the max, you know, where it's like, where we have this kind of low trickle of information as we are now, right. Where we only have news coming in from like five to six different sources. Now Mm -hmm. imagine that you only have news from one source to the point where it's so propagandized, you know, like people will argue that our news is already propagandized, but now crank that up even further where it's like, you're only getting an even more limited stream of information because the clan or the corporation doesn't deem it to be valuable. You know,
2: I like, um, to what you were saying in that, um, the end state of what like globalism is that things have fallen back apart into smaller groups. And I think that really ties into the concept like the premise because, um, cyberpunk used to look towards the future of like capital and we're looking past that. So what is that? Maybe it's a return to, you know, a mess of things.
0: I mean, honestly, that's, that's why I brought up a pseudo aristocracy because I feel like eventually once the oligarchs have enough power, it's like what, I mean, nations will no longer matter and it's all about wealth and influence and money. Right. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And altered Carbon, what did they call those people that were like the super, the not ethereals, but something the Nephilim or something?
0: Oh, I didn't read, I never read, um, the Altered Carbon stuff, uh, neither no, did I. Episodes, but... okay, is it like the Nephilim or so? What about them? What about them? Do you bring that up? Yeah.
1: It was just kind of like the the, the ultra wealthy became their own class mm-hmm. that people would refer to them as. There was nothing like, uh, they. they You weren't, you were born into it and it was something that people just kind of agreed upon. It wasn't a class that was like uh, the aristocrats or like a king. It wasn't royal blood. It was, you could get there because you made enough money to never die.
2: I mean, a lot of, a lot of us fiction, especially like cyberpunk oftentimes like makes them even like not even the same kind of human because they have so much wealth, like, you know, you could have the super wealthy that are, they've they separated themselves not just by like what they do, and what they have, but because they, they literally have better health care or better like augmentation for their bodies.
0: Yeah. As, as hackneyed as it was, I think Elysium really drives that point home pretty well. Yeah. yeah. You know, all of your as cancer has been removed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as bad as that movie is, you know, <laughs> there are some really interesting parts to it. Like, there's one scene where, like, Matt Damon absolutely like liquefies a guy with bullets and then he's so wealthy that he's able to essentially reconstitute himself like within, you know, like five to 10 minutes after getting obliterated, which when you see it is actually a technically impressive feat. And also kind of interesting to see, you know, like that concept where like you can be immortal because we have the technology, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, Daniel, I brought up my second point. Do you want to go ahead and add yours in? And Somehow um, make it natural.
2: Yeah. So, uh, thinking, thinking about um, so we have hyper locality of truth. We've got um, you know privacy itself um, is is a commodity. Um, and then uh, crap, I forgot Chris's. Is... Damn <laughs> it. Let me start over again. To Chris clans. That's your clans. Okay. Let me go back. Let me start over. Okay. So we've got the hyper locality of truth. We've got clans um, that kind of result as. Uh, as a consequence of that. And then we have, um, privacy being a commodity. So then, um, I'm thinking, well, why don't we make things even more insular and say that, um, the world outside is finished and you can't really go into it. And by that, I mean, like the world has undergone so much ecological change that outside of your local area, um, it's dangerous to go without, you know, either having some kind of safe passage or without traveling by some other means.
0: Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, so now you're talking about an even further, like goldfish effect where you're essentially trapped in the same kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Oh, you're essentially trapped into like a fishbowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where you're, you're, you're limited entirely by your wealth and status. And maybe, part of status as your ability to travel, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And that would lend really a lot of credence to the whole clans concept because now, um, you know, you're going to have to rely on the resources of those near you in order to make any progress, like
0: literally. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I like the idea of like negotiating with other clans for access to different places and stuff like that. And I can now make a multi-pass reference yeah. Which we can put up on the board. Bam. Dallas Corbin multi-pass. Putting it up there. Alright. <laughs> uh Yeah. Um, oh, god damn it. What's up? What? Did you just get that? Yes. Wow. Wow. Welcome Welcome back. You didn't I don't know say it with the tone. I did. I said multi-pass. That's not the way. Multi-pass. So, so, oh i'm sorry no say it again say it again for the multi-pass
2: <laughs> well i had a question about all of the things we come up with so far sure um, so like in especially in cyberpunk things get reduced to like something physical um and i think that's even true in like the more modern versions of it or contemporary versions so like is there a way that we can reduce each of our ideas so far to a physical thing as well what do
0: you mean give us an example so like a physical expression. So for
2: example, say like, um, you know, if privacy is a commodity, is there like a technology um, that you purchase to have privacy or how is privacy physically embodied? You know?
0: So it's, it's, so again, this is, uh, you've just segued beautifully into my third point, Oh, great. Uh, which is actually um, a symbol of status in this society is a lack of modifications is a lack of cybernetic modifications so if you are completely modless that Mm -hmm. means that you have the wealth and means to survive in this society without uh cybernetic modifications which is fucking huge because everyone has cybernetic implants and Mm -hmm. everyone otherwise has you know like some kind of mechanical flesh type thing and that's not to say of course that you're not going to have genetic modification like you're going to come out like a like a literal super soldier type thing but i think what i wanted in terms of a physical status symbol is a lack of cybernetic enhancement to be a status symbol so that's that's where that comes in there
2: i love the idea of like purity is is really cool there because like that has something to do with purity equals you know like um a lack of the lack of being invaded by technology
0: right which is another inherent theme within cyberpunk you know like kind of the blending of flesh and technology being so important and so you know like key and what that looks like and everything like that and and in a lot of novels it's very blase like no one cares about it's essentially the same thing no one cares anymore yeah Yeah. so I, i i wanted to do something kind of outside of that and being like oh instead of you know, certain cybernetics being a status of wealth. I wanted no cybernetics to be the status symbol because I thought it'd be a, you know, fun little diversion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I could see
2: um, the potential like head or leader of particular clans enjoying that kind of purity status.
0: Oh, absolutely. I I, I would imagine. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. Can you imagine? Cause th- th- I always like to think of it in specific characters, I'm just thinking of this, like this incredibly lily white skinned, like white Duke, David Bowie looking motherfucker stepping out of a like limo. And he's just surrounded by the most cybered out bodyguards. But he looks like a supermodel, like genetically modified to the nines to make him look super beautiful, but, you know, not, not a mod on him. And he makes it known that there's not a mod on him, you know, that type of thing.
2: I can do so many things with subversion
0: on that, but I have. I'm gonna wait till later episodes. (laughs) Oh, you're just yeah. You you are you are always the person who fucks that shit (laughs) up. Although it's funny that you should mention that because I do have like one idea where it's like everyone appears to be or like the really wealthy appear to have no mods, but there's always one which is basically like, hey, restart my heart if I die. Oh, right. (laughs) I'm going to be doing so many drugs. Just make it look like I don't have mods, but also make sure I don't die from drugs. The failsafe. Yeah.
1: I need my drug sink implant.
0: Although I would imagine that the hyper wealthy in this type of situation might think that it's more of a thrill to live without those modifications Mm -hmm. because it's obviously way more dangerous, right? So there's also this in there's this kind of like I get to live as life should be, as life was intended to be, you know, and it's like this kind of like I could just die any second. Isn't that fucking crazy? I could have an aneurysm and fall over and that's exciting to them because life is so boring otherwise to the hyper wealthy, what else are they going to do, right? Fucking yeah. psychopath.
1: Yes, exactly. So uh one of the things that I like in fantasy that sometimes happens is that something bad happened with ai and so ai is incredibly limited Ooh, i like that
0: okay okay it kind of like the alan turing squad and neuromancer and stuff like that
1: oh yeah Yeah, or it's kind of like uh i'm not sure if you've ever seen in 40k that's actually why they rely on a lot of organic things like the uh the floating skulls
2: this is the same of true dune and the butlerian jihad yeah yeah
1: Yeah, they have, like, genetically modified humans that take the place of computers, and they're Mm. kind of, like, forced into servitude to do this one job because no one wants to make a machine because they fear the machine being too advanced.
2: So is it that, like, we achieved some kind of AI and something went wrong, or, like, we're trying to not do that?
1: I want to believe that some sort of AI rebellion or something happened, and maybe that can be related to how the world was destroyed. Okay. isn't, Isn't quite nice.
0: I'm I'm trying to stay away from matrix references, but I, I like the direction that we're going in.
1: Well, the thing is, this is we won. Yeah,
0: or maybe we didn't. What <laughs> pill did you take, Christopher? Is it the well, one, no one that makes you hate right? women? <laughs>
1: Wait, what?
2: <laughs> what? I could I could work with that though in my final one too. So when we get there, I think I can make that work.
0: Well, make make it work now. What's your final truth? So I was thinking,
2: like, I wanted to do something with, like, I want to do something with two things, Um, the economy and products and 3D printing, right? So I thought, well, what if, like, there isn't really any more production in the world, like manufacturing, and instead there's, like, these 3D printers that each of the big clans have? And so now that Chris has mentioned this AI, maybe we don't really know how to use or repair these 3D printers anymore, um, but those AIs are still running and making it work. Oh, um,
1: oh, oh. can I please can I please yeah. just go into my third one right do now? It, do it, right yeah, now. go ahead. The thing that has destroyed so much of the world is DRM. Oh my God, okay. And it's Could, the fact that no one can replicate things because the AI destroyed the non-DRM version of these things and so it's just like oh man we can't make a freaking uh generator because it's all copyright protected
2: yes oh my god okay i love this
0: yeah let's fucking go let's do this right okay we can can bring this all together this This gives so much motivation
2: now because that means they're really trying to hack drm
1: oh yeah but it's the fact that it was made by that super advanced AI Uh-oh. that they're that it's very hard to do because Uh-oh. it's it's through Uh-oh. so much ice man you can't get through that.
2: Yes, that mean I bet the super rich purity people they're breeding AIs to try and make hackable like make them hackable to hack that DRM. They're oh, the good
0: man. ones. Oh man! And not only that, but like for the layman, right? Like mm-hmm. there are communities that are so this world is. Almost post scarcity. If they actually all got their shit together, it'd be to the point where it's all post scarcity. Except now it's like these clans basically are mono producers, right? They're banana republics. Except it's like okay, all we produce is this one item, Mm -hmm. and if they pooled all their resources, they'd be able to share and like live together in a utopia. Yes, but because everything's so divided through the clan system they're like the wars are over commodities they're not even commodities but products but know, rights, right?
2: basically intellectual rights
1: you
0: know oh my god yeah that's really yeah. fucking
2: good did, oh, did you hear
1: that okay. one clan has a non-corrupt drm version of uh, a tank yes rolling people
2: <laughs> oh my god i love this now i'm super excited
0: yeah um, so, no. so it's literally like intellectual property wars. Yes. IP like, <laughs> is... <Ivy> wars. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I, I'm, I'm kind of digging this. I oh my God. This. Yeah.
2: And then that means too, like, since they don't really understand their technology, like the clan, let's say a clan, they have like printers that print, like, I don't know, like a circuitry or some, some like essential component. Like they don't really know how it works. They just know they can produce it and they want to like steal the 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 codes to print other things from other clans so now there's like motivation for the clans to infight among each other
0: okay Mm -hmm. oh oh, yes and also i want to i I, i'm just throwing this out there i want to throw in a twist where the ai is good and the ai is desperately trying to like communicate with other nations again to like slowly bring the world back to a salvageable salvageable state
2: that's where you get your like case you know like the protagonist from neuromancer you get the person who has that um brief glimpse into the ai's intentions you know like that's where you can have those characters that get really interesting because now they're seeing something beyond their clan you
0: know yes and that's and that's exactly what i had in mind is like winter mute is like i don't know what the fuck is out there Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna figure it out and we're like that's kind of what i'm aiming for yes that's my favorite part of that
2: story oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah well winter mute is a little bit more like i don't know what the fuck this is so we're just gonna (laughs) figure it out yeah as opposed to like generically benevolent right Mm -hmm. i i kind of want to go with generically benevolent because otherwise it's like man this is a harsh world that i don't (laughs) want to live in right like maybe
2: there is a sect of people who think it is benevolent and some people who aren't sure you know maybe because since at the heart of this there's no truth
0: right and they have to keep it under wraps because they can't be out and out AI supporters. Right. Because they
2: don't, like, there's, I guess, maybe there's, like, a, like Chris was pointing out, maybe there's, like, um, a, a cross clan pact to not fuck with that stuff, you know? Yeah.
1: We all agree yeah. that this is generally a bad idea. Yeah. We're not going to do it, especially you. <laughs> We're not going to do it. Because if it's anyone decides to do know. it, yeah. If <laughs> <or> does, <laughs> no, listen. We all know that it's the immortal being known as Papa John <laughs> yes! ascend oh and bring down the wrath. Uh,
2: did you,
0: Chris? Did you see? I think, um, uh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. I book. think you mean. I think you mean a reckoning, Chris. Oh, you're right. It
1: is the reckoning. It is the reckoning. My, my mistake. <laughs>
0: uh, you, <laughs> you know, I had, I had I had forty see. pizzas in the last thirty days, and I'm just here to tell you there is a reckoning coming, and it's AI driven. <laughs> Wait, did
2: the pizza guy actually say he said that, didn't he? Yes, Yes, he said those (laughs) words!
1: It may be the hottest take from a pizza brand man.
0: It's amazing. Since since who? Since the Red Baron? No,
1: (laughs) since the the Noid.
0: Uh, I was going to say Mama Celeste is my second backup. Killie, please have a Papa John plan, please. (sighs) I mean... Yes, but also no, but also yes. <laughs>
1: Religious pizza fanatics.
0: Oh, oh man, yeah. it just—it
2: oh, makes me think. It makes me think in um in Iron Sky, the second one, they had that like apple cult. This is what this makes me think of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why the fuck
1: not? And on the third day, he said that there would be garlic sauce.
0: <laughs> oh, garlic sauce is literally just okay. butter with like a little bit of garlic powder in it,
1: That's and it's all delicious. It is.
0: It's really not though. Like it's okay. As
1: I mean, it, it clogs it, my inside, it fills me yeah. with delight.
0: Also, I just, I just kind of don't like Papa John's in general. Like it's okay, but it's like, I don't know. I well, feel there like goes that definitely... sponsorship. Damn it. I mean, there's yeah. honestly not a single
2: like chain pizza place in this city that we should go to because we live in a city. <laughs>
0: so. Yes, that's correct. We should support local, uh, local yeah. pizza shop owners. Like my sister used to be before she just sold her business. Oh. Her. yeah. Her her pizza was really good, actually. See, now like,
2: I want pizza. What did you do, guys?
0: Hey, Domino's still delivers, man. Through the oh. apocalypse, they're gonna deliver can't pizza later today. <laughs> it's like <laughs> them and Waffle House. I'm so, so easily suggestible. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why we're all living in a corporate nightmare because we're yeah, all, exactly. all open to suggestion. Yeah. I watch TV and I'm like,
2: oh, I want a burger now. Oh, I want some fries. And Jordan's like you will eat anything they show you. I'm like, yes.
0: <laughs> as long as there aren't vegetables involved, you're in, Daniel. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only person that this happens to.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all like, the time. We're all the time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've been we've been mentally prepared for this, our or mentally groomed for this our entire lives. Also,
2: damn it! Now I want to play in this world, Rob. So,
0: well, look, you can. One so of you can, you can do, do it, this quickly. for No, me. you run it, motherfucker. No, not in <laughs> DM. DM damn it, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. you say nut up in DM." Chris and I DM enough, okay? I love that phrase.
1: <laughs> not up and DM,
0: Daniel. In DM. <laughs> I'm gonna T-shirt with that on it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, we're we're getting a little off the rails sorry, here. Sorry. Has everyone gone? Has everyone gotten their their uh, options out there? Uh, uh, I have I have one more that I that is technically three and a half for me, okay. but you've basically already mentioned it already. And I did want this to be this is Earth, like our Earth, yeah, and we are post climate change disaster. I like that. And yeah. and colon. The wealthy remain largely unaffected, as <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But are you, but you talking
1: Im- about how they've survived the event? Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> but but what I think the implication that I find interesting is that like we're post climate change disaster, and again, I credit Jim Davis with that interview that we did, where he was the one who really got me kind of thinking about. You know, what post climate change is going to look like and what our world will look like post climate change. Mm-hmm. And with us, right? Like, what could that look like? It's pontoon cities for a lot of cases, right? Like, it's it's this idea that the Midwest might actually get some development and might yeah. actually be kind of glitzy, right? That's what the mega cities are now. Right. Stuff like that. Mega cities. Mean, it- the, the
2: there's a subgenre of sci-fi called Clify, which is all about climate, you know, fiction. And in the, a lot of the cli-fi people say, um, you know, if your science fiction doesn't address climate change, then you're not writing science fiction. Like, which is super aggressive. Oh, Jordan.
0: It's fair. No, no, but, it, but it's also accurate because it's yeah. it's an inevitable part of our future. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Also, uh, you you mentioned uh, fi and mm-hmm. I have sitting on my my shelf over there a copy of Waste Tide so it's it's funny you should mention that
2: tell us about um, wastetide
0: i can't because i haven't read it yet that's why me. it's <laughs> on my shelf I really wait a
1: minute it. let's just go to synopsis on <laughs> let's <go> to Wiki. <laughs> uh,
0: i'm not actually oh yes that, let me but... tell you it's a uh no i'm not going to oh. do that too. Yeah. <laughs> all right i mean wikipedia uh, would be another one with a subscription fee you
1: know
0: oh a hundred percent are yeah. you kidding me of what i
1: thought they worked on donation <laughs>
0: No, in this world, in a, yeah. in our land of a thousand mods, yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: oh, are, are those the facts that you have? You must be using the free version, <laughs> right? Oh my oh god! Oh my I love god. That. I love That's that.
0: so good! Holy so
1: shit! Great.
2: Statistics are just like off slightly wrong unless you pay for them.
0: <laughs> That's oh man, not just statistics, but it's like imagine yeah. that. Oh, I read that. Did you read it or did you read the did free version? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, novels man. are
2: they they release different versions of novels depending on what level of, of uh membership you have. So you no, check. they just
0: don't they only give you half of it. Yeah you or know, give like you it, parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, or it's or it's like pay per word. You, know, it's <laughs> you like, can like, unlock
1: the ending with just five easy exactly. payments.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. The, oh my God, dude. Imagine this, right? Like you're reading a book and every word that your eye scans over is logged and then charged per word to your account. <laughs> like that's the, it, because that ties into like the lack of privacy that we were talking about previously. And that's what I mean by no privacy where everything is commodified information. Your information is commodified where you look on the page is essentially like, Hey, I, I got charged. I read this sentence twice. Why am I getting charged for it? Well, you technically used it twice. So oh, well, <laughs> I
2: have a, for it. that makes me think of something kind of crazy. Um, you know, I've got these 3D printers, which ties in, I think, great into Land of a Thousand Mods because now you can print stuff. But um, do the 3D printers only print tech or can they print biological things as well?
0: I th- personally, I think we should probably stick with tech, like pure okay. tech, because I think printing like weird little like homunculus, or is, is not something <laughs> I, I think that that stretches a little bit too far into uh um,
1: biopunk. I am yeah, so
2: saving that for a subversion
0: or like ma- or like dips. magic. I feel like that we're a Son little bit a too bitch. far magic dips
2: on subversion. <laughs>
0: Well, no, because I mean, like, you can have like three D printed organs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, really. Not like yeah. whole
2: people, but like,
0: yeah. Stuff. No, I, I think you can have like a modified spleen or lung or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Where, like, or like you know, a,
2: a silicon like organ or like a special kind of organ.
0: Nanomachine, yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what we mean by Land of a Thousand Mods, where it's like everyone is modded except for the super hyper wealthy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I bet that means that they're kind of like nurseries or whatever kind of like natural birth places they have must be like viewed as sacred.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but like imagine having like, oh, his organs are pure, you know, like in mm-hmm. harvesting your organs to give back. and Oh move. man. Yeah, like I have a Yeah, and, and like, oh, you know, like a rich person needs a new organ. Well, they're not gonna pay for a synthetic one. Right. So they're going to give a poor person a good deal And they're going to be like, okay, let's take that out. And you get like kind of a shitty janky replacement. That's synthetic essentially.
1: Yeah. Oh man.
0: All right. Uh, Gentlemen, I think that we're at a point where we have a really solid foundation for our next setting, the land of a thousand mods. Uh, Let's go ahead and give a quick little recap of what we have going on here. We have a world that is, I I mean, it's, you just listen to it, right? You should go back and listen if you don't understand, because there's it's pretty dense already. I'm I'm very excited for this. It's it's thick and bristling with possibility here, but mostly the idea is we're essentially trapped in Earth in the future somewhere. Where we where we could be post scarcity, except the clan system is kind of fuck us up. Looking at you, Papa John.
2: <laughs> and there's like a DRM apocalypse. <laughs>
0: yes it's a drm apocalypse and traveling a status having a non-modded body is status uh what talk about some other big ones that i may have missed
2: um we know that like the ownership of the machines that do the printing and the production is like tied up by the people who control the clans
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or the yeah the clans themselves essentially yeah that's a good point uh man yeah okay uh unless we want privacy status
2: you said that too
0: yes absolutely and and we have hyper specific truth Mm -hmm. because of the way that those bubbles kind of work because of clan propaganda and also because everything is so you know like uh monetized yeah You're, you're paying for everything and so you can't afford to have access to information yes fantastic okay We're going to end it there for now. I think that's a solid, strong episode one. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with, oh, I don't know. We're going to have to go into the technology a little bit more. And I think that we're going to talk about some conflicts and we'll probably create some factions for next week as well. And we'll kind of create that up as we go. And yeah, I, 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 I think we're going to call it there. I hope you're liking our new format and everything like that. This is a new thing for us, obviously. So if you do enjoy what's going on and, or, or if you have specific feedback, please email us. You can email us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at worldbuild. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do all those things. If you have con, if you have questions or if you have a really cool concept that you want to see us workshop and kind of break through, even if it's really weird, send it to us and we'll make it work somehow. And we'll even give you credit. Like I said, this series in particular credit goes to Detlef. Shout out to Detlef. You're a longtime fan and longtime friend. So much love to you. And, uh, yeah, uh, I've been Rob Hilferty here with Chris Prunty and Daniel Quinn. And until next time, I hope you have a good week and remember that we love you very much.